It's out of town. Be back a week from today, right? Is that when he's coming back? So, uh, week. I will, I will be speaking tonight, and I think Marcos is speaking Sunday. And I want to do part two of what I'm started. I've never had to do, never got the chance to do like a part one and part two uh, next Wednesday. So, thank you so much. You know, I take it serious. I hear the voice of the Lord very often. I hear him a lot. But I guess the, the, the whole thing is just getting experience in, 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 in talking and speaking and, and getting it out, you know. You, I'll be honest, I, I have uh, got a little rusty. Hadn't been able to go to the jail in a few months. And um, so I've, 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 I've had songs on my heart, but I hadn't had a whole lot of preaching on my heart. But the uh, Lord gave me some really good stuff to talk about. Name my sermon tonight is Have a Throne, Attitude, and Rest. Have a Throne, Attitude, and Rest. And uh, it's just some interesting stuff. You know, I'm going to pose a couple of questions to you tonight. You remember Jesus? You may remember the last thing he said on the cross. You remember what he said? Three, three words. Say it louder. It's finished. It's finished. It is finished. You can find that in John 19, chapter 19, that is, verse 30. It says, when Jesus received the sour wine, remember that? They, they, they tried to give him something to drink. It was right after that he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. One of the translations says he gave up the ghost. So here's another question. So, so, so where is Jesus right now? Where is he? he he's, he's in heaven, right? You say, well, no, he's in my heart. Well, if you, we're going to get there. That is true. Uh, I started to go off into it when he talked to Nicodemus about being in two places at one time. But maybe for another, another, another time, you know, some... Very interesting things when he's talking to Nicodemus about being in two places at one time. And that is true. Jesus is in two places. And really, if you want to break it down, you are in two places at one time. You're, you might be right here, but the Bible I read today says that, that, that he made us to sit with him in, in the same heavenly place. That's good, ain't it? Yeah. Talks about, I'm going to get there in a minute, but he talks about he seated Jesus, which means Jesus didn't bust in, bust in there and just take a seat. He seated Jesus. Then he made us to sit with him. That's strong now. So you say, how does that work? Well, it gets, it gets deep, you know. But uh, you, you, for instance, people say, well, you believe you're going to go to heaven when you die? Brother, you believe you're going to go to heaven when you die? Man, I'm already there. I'm there. I am there right now. Is Jesus not here right now in the throne of my heart? Right? Right? Ooh, look at here now. That's right. Yeah, okay. So let's just talk about some neat stuff. I'm going to hurry. i got about three points. And, and, and you know, I, I just want to do good. I don't have to say it, Mama. I just want to do good. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I want to do good at this thing up in here I call preaching. So where is Jesus right now? He's in heaven. And here's one here. What is he doing? He's sitting down. How about that? He's sitting down. And I'm just going to say this. He's resting. Ooh. Vanessa picked the song, you rest in all you've done. He's, re he, he's resting in all he did, all he has done. This is so interesting. Lord, show me this uh, today. If you've got your Bible, and I don't, I don't have the slides up on the top. I guess as I get better at that, I, better at this, I, I could get that. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. See, the old covenant, Jesus, let me say it this way. He's only sitting down. Because his work's finished, he's done, man. He's done. He's done it all, and he's sitting down. But if you, if you look back in the Old Testament, the priests, they never sat down. 
They're like energizing bunnies, little pink bunnies. They just kept going and they kept going. They never finished what they were doing. They never finished what they were doing. Now, they, couldn't, they couldn't catch up with what they were doing. And if you read Hebrews 10 and 11, it says, And every priest stands. Look at there. He's standing. He ain't sitting down. Every priest stands ministering daily, every day, and offering repeatedly. So he's standing daily, repeatedly, the same sacrifices over and over and over you know, we, we sing a song, How Many Lambs Were Offered Up. Remember all that, that song? That song mama? Poor old lambs. You know, if you was a lamb in the old time, dude, you need to get out of town, man, because they're coming after your narrow behind. They are. Especially if you're a pretty spotless lamb. I kind of want to be a lamb with one leg dragging. You know, then they'd end up eating me for, for a Passover or something like that. But if you was a lamb back in the day, you had trouble coming your way because you know what? You were thinking to pay for somebody's sin. And you can see a little lamb going, dude, I can't believe you're going to kill me over that kid cheating in his homework. I'm, I'm being silly. But that was how it was. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices over and over and over. It doesn't say that I had that. Which can never take away sins. But this man, capital M, Jesus, this man, he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever and sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till, that's a T-I-L-L, waiting till his enemies are made his footstools. Look, there were no chairs. There were no lazy boy recliners. There wasn't even any stools in the tabernacle. Moses' temple, nothing. Why? Because they never were finished and they could never legally sit down. Never could. Never could. When I can, and I can all the time, some of them old Jerry Seinfeld shows are the funniest thing I've ever seen. Now, some of them, I'll change them. I will, because some of them are not worth watching. But anybody remember the one where, where old George, he had to, had, to get the old, had to get the guy that was the guard to sit down, and he bought him a chair. Remember that? Everybody remember that show? He, he, remember, anybody, nobody here remembers that show. It was a security guard, and he stood all day, you know, and bothered George. He said, I'm going to get that guy a chair, you know. Well, he ended up, he got him a chair, and he sat down. The security guard fell asleep. Jake, you remember the show, don't you? Nobody remembers that show. Okay, whatever. The priests could never sit down. They could never doze on the job. They were always busy. There wasn't no rest. If you were a priest, you were looking for a lamb to kill to cover somebody's sin. Cover not remove, but cover somebody's sin. All right, let's look at Psalms 110. Psalms 110, verses 1 and 2. It's very interesting. It says, the Lord said to my Lord. You'll get there if you can. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till, T-I-L-L, till I make your enemies your footstools. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Let's break it down. Are y'all there yet? Psalms 110. The Lord said unto my Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord. What does that mean? Well, the first Lord, the Lord, the, sec the, the, second, the second word of that verse, the real translation is Jehovah or Yahweh. And the second Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, the second Lord, is Adonai. So you really could break that down and say, Yahweh said to my Adonai. What does that mean? Father God said to my Jesus. <laughs> That's what that means right there. And you notice how they put the word my in there. That just, that's just right there where you can ah, eat that. 
Father God said to my Jesus, is it your Jesus? He mine. Whose Jesus is he talking to? Oh, I got some folks listening to me up in here. Father God said to my Jesus, that's mine. He mine. I don't know if he's yours or not, but he's my Jesus. Father God said to my Jesus, he said to my Jesus, hey, son, hey, son, sit right here. Yeah, yeah, right, right here, right here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. There it is. There it is right there. That's the throne attitude right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. You sit here. You sit here at my right hand, and you rest while I make your enemies your footstools. When I was a kid, I thought I was supposed to do that. I'm getting there. But I really thought, I really thought, and we were even kind of taught that way, Mama, that the Lord will come back when his enemies are made his footstools. There is some truth to that. But I missed the point is God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the highest being that ever will be, will make, will make your enemy your footstools. But you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, it said Jesus. I ain't through yet. I ain't through. Listen to me. Let me finish. The throne attitude. Jesus conquered sin, death, sickness, disease, poverty. My God, through his sacrificial death, he did. Then he rose from the grave and returned home to daddy. He returned home to his father. So Jesus has an attitude while he's sitting there. And that attitude is, y'all watch, daddy, my father, our father, which art in heaven. Yeah, he's going to bring all our defeated enemies under our feet. Wow. Well, it's deeper than that. See, back in the day, folks fought all the time, man. I remember I preached a sermon one time about, about, the, about your soul, you know, talking about how, how in, I think it's in, is it in, in, uh, in the Chronicles, where he'll heal your land if you turn from your wicked ways and seek my face. He'll heal your land. And the land back in the day was the land, you know. Oh, you shall have all the land from here to the river Zebedee. It was talking about land, forest, mountains, hills. But now, land is you because you got soil, the seed. See, the soil plants the seed in the, in the, in the, in the fertile, soil, fertile soil of the soul. I'm going to say it in tongues. You'll hear it. See, so it's, it's, about, it's about conquering space. It's about ruling a region. And, and, and Lord, show me stuff. I don't plan on going there tonight about how there's, there's, there's dominions and, and there's principalities and, and how there's devils that are in charge. Everybody got a devil. Everybody got a devil. And, 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 and just by the prophetic word of God, uh, you foundry folks, y'all are graduating. That devil ain't holding you back no more. You know, Paul said that, that a messenger from Satan had come to buffet him. It was a thorn in his flesh. Well, you know what? Everybody got that. Everybody got one after him. And it is so much fun to defeat him. See, back in the old days, they'd come conquer you. And if you were the king or you were the king's court or you was anybody important in the land, they'd put a big old chain or two on you and they'd drag you back to the conqueror's palace and they'd set you down. You know what they'd do? Before they killed you, probably, if they didn't make a slave out of you, they'd put the king of the, the, the conquering king would put his feet 
on the back of the conquered enemy. So you got the king of Huspah over here, whatever, getting whooped, got, got, got beat up, tore up, his village burned and his people killed. They drag him back. They'd make him bow down in front of the king, and that king would physically put his feet on the backs of his enemy and make a footstool out of them. And it's probably before he killed them, probably. That went on. That, that, that went on right there. That's what this is talking about here. That's what this is referring to. So what does that have to do with me? And what does it have to do with you? Huh? So that's a good story. Doesn't make for a good movie. But what does that have to do with me? You know what I'm saying? That's right. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. I appreciate it. But what does God making your enemies, your footstools, have to do with me? Well, let's look at this. Everything, okay? Everything. It has to do with everything. Everything. Okay. We just sung it. We just sung it in the song. Vanessa picked the song. I appreciate it. She could say, what are we going to sing? I said, whatever you want to, baby. I'm kind of on this sermon thing here. And you did good. We just sung it. 1 John 4, 17 said that as he is, so are we in this world. That's how he can be in two places at one time. See there? As he is, so are we in this world. But let's look into it a little deeper. Look at Ephesians 1st chapter, verses 20 through 22. And this is, this is Father God talking. He said, he, Father God, raised him, Jesus, from the dead, and he seated him. In other words, Jesus was raised from the dead, and Father God seated him at his right hand, in the heavenly places. Just like we said, far above all principalities and power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That's, 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 a, that's a big deal right there. And right here, verse 22, he put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So wait a minute. Hold the phone. You mean we're the body of Christ? Does that, does that mean, just work with me here a minute. Does that mean, and, and, and I guess we're in him. Does that mean we're in him? We're in Christ, aren't we? We're in him, right? So does that mean we're in his feet? Oh, wait a minute. Is somebody going to look? Somebody nod a head or two. Just, just do this one time. If we're in Christ and we're his body, and he's putting his feet on our enemies. What does that mean? That you're putting your feet on his enemies too. Your enemies and his enemies are the same enemies. And if you're in Christ and you're his body, he's the head and we're the body. And he's putting his feet on your enemies. Then you're putting your feet on his enemies. And that's how this thing works. That's the throne attitude right there. That's the throne attitude. And that's good stuff right there. That's awesome right there. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff. I rest in all you've done. Those words right there jumped off the screen. Because that's what we're doing. We're having a thrown attitude so we can rest. Now, let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper. So our Heavenly Father is telling us in Christ to have the same Throne attitude is Jesus. My God. As he is, so are we. Is that what that said? Did that what that said, Mama? That's what it said. I didn't make this up. I'm just reading it. <laughs> yeah. 
That is to rest. To rest while he makes our enemies and his enemies our footstools. So I'm going to ask you, who is the one that makes the enemies our footstool? Who is it? It's God. It's God himself. It's God himself. Wow. So, what in the world is God's rest? If he's telling us to rest in all he's done, what does it mean to rest? First of all, when you think of rest, and I do too, man, you, you, you kind of think about, man, I've just had enough. I'm going to go lay down. That ain't what that means. That ain't what that means. God's rest is God's place. Let me get a little deeper in this. You know what I'm saying? Look at Hebrews 3.11. He says, so I swore in my wrath. And that's, that's just strong right there for God to say that. God's swearing. It's like, dude, don't swear. I guess if anybody can swear, you can swear. But you're swearing in your wrath. You know, the wrath of God. He's swearing in his wrath right here. They shall not enter my rest. Well, wait a minute. What is your rest? Well, Hebrews chapter 3 says that the promised land that the Israelites were looking for for 40 years, that was also known as God's rest. Wow. And I got to throw a question. Well, let me get there in a minute. Let me get there in a minute. Well, let me ask, I'm going to ask you. Do you think he already knew what was over there? Or was he going to let them go? He knew what was over there. And he still called it his rest. See what I'm talking about? That, 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 there's something more to resting than getting in your lazy boy and going, and finding the remote. That's not what he's talking about here. It's God's specific place for you. And you'll find where he leads you, there'll be some milk and some honey and some things that you really, really want right there. Yeah. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. So the children of Israel were not allowed to enter their promised land because they doubted what he said. Wow, really? He didn't say they couldn't enter the promised land, but that's what he was saying. He didn't say it like that. He said they couldn't enter my rest. God said, you can't enter my rest. Uh, can, can you see, are you talking about your rest? You talking about, that's the promised land. You can't enter my rest because of your unbelief. Wow. Some Lord show me, and if you, if you kind of read the Bible or let the Lord minister to you and think like this, you got an old covenant, you got a new covenant. You got an old testament, you got a new testament. Old covenant, think of it this way. The old covenant is all about physical, dude. It's all about it, man. It's all about... It's all about physical. It's, it's all about the arm of the flesh. It's all about physical. And it's all about God trying his best to get inside man. And, and he couldn't even really get close to him after Adam and Eve sinned. He couldn't even get near him. About the most you could get, do is get kind of back near the tent that had the Ark of the Covenant. Because if you see what happened, the, 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 the people touched the Ark one time and dropped dead. And God, God's like going, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't want you to do that. You know, it's kind of like anybody who works for Alabama Power, you know, and work on the electric lines out there. You're not, you're not in the right state. You don't have the right equipment. You don't have the right tools. You're not, <laughs> you're not to the point where you can reach out and touch you know, 44,000 volts. Remember when I was in college, I co-op without my power about two years, man. I, I ended up working for my, and one thing everybody had to do, all the co-ops had to go up in the buckets with the, uh, with the linemen, you know, and I didn't like heights, dude. I like heights there. And I like, so I'm up there, I'm trying to be cool, you know, because I want a job with them. i never forget the first time that bucket truck is not grounded. I'm sorry, it is, it, it, it's not grounded. It's not grounded. It better not be grounded. We all be in the ground. i never forget that guy had that little wrench, you know, and he's fixing to tighten up on that, 
up on that little insulator up on that thing. 44,000 volts was down in Shelby County. He got about six inches from that line. That thing said, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, that'll kill you right there if you're grounded. And he goes to working on it, you know. He goes tight. I'm sitting there. I ain't liking it. You know, he pulls that wrench away. He said, pull a little arc about six inches from it. Huh, what about that? We were in the right, we were in the right state to, 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 to deal with that, right? Now, the people in the old covenant, they weren't in the right state to deal with God. It was physical. God trying to get on the inside of them without killing them. Well, the new covenant is totally different. It's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. And it's God on the inside trying to get out, trying to get out of you, man, trying to get, get what's in you, outside of you. In the old covenant, trying to get what's outside on the inside of you. You see what that works? Read that. Think of that when you read the Word of God, especially over in the old covenant. You know, that's, that's why really some weird stuff. We're going to talk about the, like, the, like the, you know, giants here in a minute. I'm going to hurry. I'm going to keep you all laid because I know how it is, man. If I ain't kind of animated, y'all glaze over on me. I ain't going to let that happen. I was listening to one of my sermons because I have to be honest with you. The Lord asked me to do this. I'm like, dude, I'm just not in the frame of mind to do this. And he, so he says, get your, get your sermon from 2015 and listen to it. And I said, I remember, I'm sitting here, it's 2015, four years. I said, if y'all glazed over on me, I was going to get down on the floor like one of them three stooges. Like, whoop, 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 go down the floor. <laughs> Because I'll wake you up, you know, wake you up. But anyway, so y'all pay attention. I'll hurry, and we'll get through this. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. See, because their hearts were so hard and full of rebellion, God swore in his wrath that the children of Israel would not enter his rest. Wow. So did that promise of them entering their rest, did it go away? You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, why don't y'all take advantage of that? I can't believe y'all didn't take advantage of that. Y'all had everything right there in front of you, and you didn't take advantage of it. No, the promise is still in effect. If you look at Hebrews 4.1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering in his rest, and this is very interesting. I learned this from Joseph Prince, Mom. I love Joseph Prince. If you can understand what he's saying, it's some of the best stuff you'll ever hear in your life. True? And I would need some, need some captures at the bottom sometime to hear him because he's so good. The only thing that the Bible says you need to fear, besides God, is that you don't enter into his rest. Really? You know, we all be fearing about whether the tornadoes are coming or whether your kids are going to stay out too late and get hit by some car you know, that's what we fear about. But the Bible says fear that you don't enter into this rest he's talking about. And, and just, just in case you wonder, the children of Israel did miss it, but the promise is still in effect. The promise still remains. The promise still remains that if you follow the, the, the ordinances that he set up, you can enter into his rest. So let's talk about it. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. Again, Hebrews 4.1, Therefore, since a promise, I'm going to put still remains, of entering in his rest, let us fear that any of you seem to have come short of it. Wow. So what was a physical location to the children of Israel in the Old Covenant is now our birthright. Come on now. That's good right there. That's good right there. And this promise, again, it remains in effect. God's rest. God's rest. Our birthright. A location. Still flowing. It's still flowing with milk and honey, right? It's still flowing, brother. It is. That's what we're showing me. I can get off into You can preach a sermon right there. Milk is something you need to build muscle. Protein, milk. And honey something you just want, brother. <laughs> you don't need no honey, but something you want. You, you need milk, but you want honey. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? So everything you need and everything you want, man, is flowing. 
if you enter into his rest. Wow, isn't that something? Wow. God's word always tells us to fear not, except for Hebrews 4, 1. It tells us to fear lest we come short of God's rest. That's awesome, isn't it? That is awesome. All right. So how do you enter into God's rest? And what if, just for what if, what if you start entering into his rest and you meet resistance? Huh? What? What? You mean, you mean there's resistance? That's what I was saying. I was thinking, Lord, you know, when you, when you pick this group of folks and you send them out across the desert, you didn't plan on them staggering around in the heat for 40 years. You didn't plan on that. He didn't do it. He didn't plan on that. He didn't plan on them. He did not. He did not. That was not his will. But at the same time, he knew there was resistance between them and their rest, right? And I'm going to say this. There is resistance to maintain the rest. You see what I mean? In other words, it ain't all over once you get there. There's, there, 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 there are things that you have to do, right, to maintain staying in God's rest, okay? Let's talk about that some. See, just because there's a promise remaining for us to enter into his rest does not mean you won't meet resistance. Remember, he's trying hard to get us to stay with him. That's what I think, I really believe he says he makes us to sit with him. Because while I don't know about you, I want to climb down off every now and then. <laughs> no, no. He makes us. He made us. That's imperative. He makes us to sit with him. Sometimes you don't want to sit up there. Sometimes you want to get down in it and wallow. Come on. I'm just talking. I'm talking straight with you. To sit up there and stay in his rest. Sometimes it takes a little discipline. Sometimes you have to humble your pride. Sometimes you have to humble your pride to sit in heavenly places with Father God. You do. You have to humble your pride. Hold your tongue. Right, you do. Remember, he's trying hard to get us stay in position, which is seated with him. And rest on what he's done. And rest on what he said. But at the end of the day, it's still our decision. So let's, let's just, and I'm about done, guys. This is a good stuff. Because I've got to save part two next week. <laughs> It's good, though. It's good. So, okay. I think if, you, if, you're in, if you're in that crew, you know, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're hearing, because if you remember, they sent out, was it 12 spies, one from each tribe, okay? And then they came back with all kind of delicious fruit, man. That's what we talk about, the, the grapes. It took two men to carry on a pole, you know. It's like, whoa, look at here. We've been eating manna, and it was good the first few weeks or months. Tired of manna. I'm tired of onions. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of that. And can you imagine the fruit? You know, it talks about the pomegranates and the figs and all that's over there. But bum bum bum. Is that how it goes? And that's a bum bum Somebody smile at me, my lord. Y'all, y'all are the hardest crowd I've ever seen. I, I used to go to jails, and folks were a little more live than y'all. Bum bum bum. Numbers thirteen thirty three. There we saw giants. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lord, Father, wait. Jehovah, whatever they call him, Yahweh. There's giants in them lands. Sent 12 spies. Was it two of them? Only two said it was Joshua and Caleb. Lord's telling me that. I didn't really read that today. He's helping me right now. They're like, dude, just point me toward them and pull a trigger. Well, the other 10 is like, man, we're grasshoppers. Grasshoppers? I got to think about that. Why do you think they said that? Let me read it. Numbers 13, verse 33. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. There we saw the giants, descendants of Anak, A-N-A-K, Anak. 
came from the giants. Wow. So we're not, we're talking. And if you think about this, think about, the Lord's going to show me stuff. Think about giants begatting giants. Mama, they didn't get no smaller. The Lord showed me that day. Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever, you ever thought about it? I, I was really, I'm interested in like, of course my wife, she's tired of it, but National Geographic shows, you know, there'll be some islands where like say the elephants will get smaller, you know, because they're, they're all secluded. But that's one of the things that happened with the dinosaurs. They kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what I'm talking about? So, Giants are bad enough, but descendants of giants is even worse. You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? That's some big old boys right there. You know what I'm talking about? And I can, I can see them going, but Lord, but Lord, you, really? You want us to do this? So 10 out of 12, 10 out of 12 wasn't studying going up against the descendants of the giants, right? You see that? But the two, Joshua and Caleb, like, man, we're ready. We could got this. I'm strong. Strong and courageous, that's what you'd call them too. I can do this. The Lord has given us the victory. We can do this. Wow. So think about this. He said, the descendants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight and their sight. How about that? Now, it wouldn't have been so bad if they'd have said we're grasshoppers in their sight. It's like, dude, I'm little, but dynamite comes in a small package especially when it's anointed by Yahweh. You know what I'm talking about? Yahweh going to put you on the way. I don't care how tall you are, you big ugly giant. David did that. David said, you uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to feed your carcass and all the whole armies of the Philistines to the carcass of the birds, to the birds feed on your carcass. And what he said. And David was a boy when he said that. So think about that. Think about that. Think about that. That's good stuff right there. Well, let's break this down a little bit. See, God's rest is the place of his promise whether it's a land in the old covenant, right, or a fertile soil that you've planted inside your heart, your, 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 your land, if you will, in the new covenant. It's the place of God's promise. And inside you, whether you realize it or not, there's fruit. Man, there's fruit. There's a big stalk of grapes. There's big old pomegranates. And whatever you need is what I'm going to say is on the inside of you. I'm always reminded of this. Abraham was an old man, 100 years old, right? And he wanted a boy. He wanted a child. He wanted a son. He wanted a son. But where was that son all along? Wally, where was he? Inside him. That promise, that seed was in Abraham all along, inside him. 100 years. 100 years. It was inside him. The challenge, God on the inside, trying to get on the outside. You see what I'm talking about? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? That's a song right there. God on the inside, trying to get his promises on the outside of you. Think about that. That's, that's our promised land. You have a garden inside you. I hear him right now talking to me. You have a garden inside you right now with every fruit, everything you want, milk, and everything, I'm sorry, honey, anything you need, honey, and everything you want, milk and honey, it's still happening. Because while the promise still remains, it's still in effect, you can enter his rest. Just like the children of Israel, you can enter his rest. But there's a few prerequisites. That's what we're going to talk. We're going to close right here. See, God's rest is the place of his promise. We must focus on what he said instead of the giants that contradict what he said. Think about that. that that's it right there. In fact, I should have read that first. We just went on home. We have to focus, meditate, concentrate. Remember, they saw the giants. 
But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why did they not realize that the promise of what God said was bigger than the descendants of the giants? Why didn't they see that? Why could not? Well, of course, two of them did. If you'd have been in that bunch of 12, which way would you have went? And I, you know, there's some days I'd have been like, I'd have been like Joshua and Caleb, and some days I'm like, grasshopper, grasshopper. <laughs> I'd have been saying grasshopper sometimes. But I'd like to think more times than not, I would have been like Caleb and Joshua. I would like to thought, think that about that. But again, again, it's, it's what, what, where, where are you right now? That's the question we are. If you're one of the 12 spies sent to go get your promised land, what would you see in yourself and in your enemy? What would you see? What would you see? That's where we're at tonight. What would you see? What, what, where would you be? Which side would you be on? Which side would you be on? See, they didn't realize that the promise of God's best, God's rest, God's land of full of milk and honey was so much bigger, just the promise of what he said, because he can't lie, was much bigger than the giants. Now, here's something interesting. That, those giants, descendants of Anak, I think of A-N-A-K, Anak, it tickles me, I'm always looking. What do they call, oh, uh, what do they call, it's A-N-A-K, what do they call, uh, Remember, remember the little Darth Vader dude? He was, he was Anakin, wasn't he? Remember that? I said, I know y'all, y'all listen to me a minute. What does that have to do? I just, that just shows you that, that uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at anything that moves this whole world, there's something, about, there's something about the Bible in it. The descendants of Anak. That word Anak means chain, but really, it really means neck chain. A chain around your neck. That's what that means right there. See, even though the children of Israel were no longer slaves, I'm no longer a slave to fear. We sing that song around here. Even though they were no longer slaves, in their eyes, I mean, a slave's bigger than a grasshopper. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Come on. See, in their eyes, even though they were no longer slaves, and they'd been delivered from their taskmasters in Egypt. They still had a slave mentality. Think about that. They saw giants instead of a promise, and it, and it, and that, and, and it weighted them down. It was like a chain around their neck, like a chain around their neck. See, this is, this is kind of bad, but today some of us still have the slave mentality, and, that, and that's kind of what we got to work on. We're so focused on the giants in our life. Come on now. When I said that, everybody had one that they thought of right there. Yeah, they did. You know, we're so focused on the giants, the heavy neck chain, the yoke, the burden, the problems, symptoms. Instead of Jesus' finished work. See, that's, that's just where we're at here. This is how we enter in our rest. We can't enter if we focus on the problem, the giants, more than we focus on what he said. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7. And this is neat how it says this. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. That's, that's sweet how he put that right there. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in rebellion. And I just had to go off into prophetic right here. It says, and realize that your problems are not bigger than what God is saying about your situation you will enter his rest. And that is a fact right there. If you focus more on what he has done and what he has said, and if you activate the throne attitude in your life and realize that every 
thing that is your enemy has been defeated by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that not only are they defeated but you're in him and as Father God is bringing these devoted, defeated foes to be your footstools remember the, the original verse says remember the original verse it, it says uh, it says rule in the midst of your enemies exclamation point so rule in the midst of your enemies that's what it says not just maybe I can dodge them and they won't see me but no Joshua Caleb go after them just point me and pull the trigger that's what he's saying that's what he's saying that's what he's saying See, before your body's healed, before money's in your account, before every problem in your life is resolved, will you believe that God will deliver you according to his word and still walk in rest? Come on now. This is the throne attitude Jesus has. Every enemy brought before him by God as a footstool to rule over. That's it right there. Simple. It's simple. Stand your feet. That's it. It's part one. Next week, we're going to look at when he works, you get to rest. Mom, I think you said this. I think when we stand up, he sits down. And when we sit down, he stands up. <laughs> think about that. We're going to talk about, y'all come back. I promise to be good and quick. I promise I'm going to get better. Remember when Jesus healed the guy on the Sabbath and told him to take up his bed and walk? It's like, dude, what's up with the bed? He's making a point that he works when we rest. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. I promise this will change your life if you're focused not on your problems. I remember when I was a kid, young, a young man, just first getting into some of this stuff. I remember the Lord told me one time, he said, Matt, what do you get the most out of? Say, so if you're feeling bad in your body, a pill or a promise? Think about that. Think about that. What do you get more out of? A pill or a promise? So I would like to think over the last couple of three decades, we have trained ourselves, Vanessa, in the promises. Because the promises, I'm going to say it, won't make your head hurt and your other end squirt. A promise. I had to say it, Mama, because, see, they're not listening if I don't be funny a little bit. The promises have no side effects. Have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen them commercials where they say, do not take this if you're allergic to this? Well, how in the world am I going to know that I'm allergic to this, fool? If you're, these, these, crazy, these crazy drugs on the television that you know they're getting filthy rich off of and killing people with them at the same time. Don't take thrombosium if you're allergic to thrombosium. What in the world does that mean? What's thrombosium? This could lose your hair, lose your fingers, lose your manhood, lose your wife. Your dog will start kissing your wife. Don't take this if you're allergic to this. Well, I don't want this. I'd rather die. And I promise you, his promises have no side effects. You won't forget me, Aaron. I didn't say that too bad, did I? But there's side effects to this world's, this world's treatments. And there are not any side effects to Jesus just reaching inside you and fixing what's wrong with you and bringing your enemies as a footstool to you and him. I'm telling you, he loves you tonight. And he has made a way where you can walk away freely from anything. Remember the promise that he always causes you to triumph. Ah, I don't feel like a triumphant person. Don't matter. He always causes me to triumph. He sent his word and healed me. 
but I'm throwing up blood in the toilet right now. He still sent his word and healed me, and he can't lie. You see, you see how this works? That, that, that impresses him. There's, can you imagine? I'm going to hush because I got you standing. If you, let's, let's, say, let's say my child, who, who is, who is uh, you know, um, shorter than I am, and definitely shorter than the bully that's, that's, that's about to pick on him. See this? And, and, and that bully has something that truly belongs to my child. And then my child starts running up against that bully. Uh, and he, he ain't going to lose. Because, see, if you look, they did what he said at the walls of Jericho, right? They did what he said, and they, and they got the results. You see what I mean? Right? Think about that. And also, they didn't know how to fight. They knew how to walk. I truly, honestly believe if they had started just walking toward those giants, them giants would have killed each other. I just, but now that's going to be hard to take that first step now. That's gonna, man, that's going to be hard right there to take that first step. But if they had said we're more than able to go up and take the land that you have promised us and our children, and if we die today on this battlefield, Lord, have me a place prepared in heaven because I'm coming to see you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Every angel in heaven would have stood by their side. And the God of angel armies actually did that later down the road when Joshua and Caleb finally got their day in the sun and they started stepping out like God said and they started focusing on what he said more than what the problem showed itself as they got the results God always wanted so who's going to be the Joshua and Caleb generation to this day Thank you, Father. Father, I love my church, and I love my brothers and sisters. Father, I pray for my foundry brothers and sisters. You know, they have a soft spot in my heart, Jesus. Father, I plead your blood on every person in this room. I pray your protection. Father, I thank you that, that through the silliness of my preaching, you will prick the hearts, and you will speak to my brothers and sisters. Tonight, as they lay their head on their pillow, Lord, you will show them that what we're talking about is true, Father, and you can let every one of them, let every person within the sound of my voice see in their spirit the giant that they're facing being conquered by your promise. And Father, we're going to just claim it tonight in Jesus' name. And devil, I'm going to stand here and just tell you to bow your knee, bow your knee in Jesus' name to every one of us and get behind me, Satan, Father, because I lose your love, your anointing, your wisdom. We hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger will never follow. We, we, are, we are diligent. We're full of faith. And we know you, and we hear you, and we see your word, and we walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all go home, go be blessed. Love y'all. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise.